What's up, everybody? This is Sarah, your host of Talk to the Hand podcast, a podcast about the 90s, everything you loved about the 90s, and more. What's up? Hey, everyone. Last week of October. Oh, boy, we got a fun episode for you on deck for today. I am so excited about this one. Um, I know you know what it is from the title. We're talking Hocus Pocus, the quintessential Halloween topic, Halloween movie, and just kind of, you know, life movie from the 90s. It's just so 90s in every sense of the word. I'm so excited to get into this topic with you. This was so much fun to research. Um, But before I do, of course, I just wanted to reiterate one more time, everyone. This is the most important election of our lives. This year and this election will go into the history books for so many reasons. And I wanted to just take this time at the very, very top. Please make sure your voice is heard. No matter what happens, please make sure that you are able to look back on this time in many years, knowing that you did all you can do, all you could do to fight for what you believe in and encourage others to use their voice and uplift people who need it the most. Right now, you know, a few days away from from this, the biggest election of our lives, I would just like to encourage you to whatever your current level of involvement is in the political arena, amp it up by at least 25 percent if you can. If you've already voted, call five people, you know, make sure they've either voted or have a voting plan in place. If they don't offer your help to get it set up, Um, if you can make a donation. Uh, to the candidates that need it. that That's fantastic. Every single dollar helps, um, even if it's just $5. If that's all you can give, that's that's every single, every single dollar helps. Make a few phone calls um, at the phone banks or do a text bank. Uh, put a sign in your yard or your car. This stuff works, you guys. And there's a reason why we repeat these actions every two and four years. And of course, you know, the other elections in between, but this stuff works. So whatever your current level of involvement is, I just, I plead with you today, amp it up by 25% every day. You won't regret it. Um, whatever that looks like to you, just, just do it. It's so important right now. Do it. Make sure that in 20, 30, 40 years, you can look back on these days and, um, know that you did all you could do. It's, that's what that's what it's all about. And finally, just please lean on each other, love each other, support each other. Um, during the highly tar- charged times like we are in right now, it's really easy to turn inward and take it out on others. Also, just want to put out a plea for my dear listeners, all you beautiful, lovely 90s kids and 90s kids at heart. Please just lean on each other. Be good to each other. Just be a good fucking human, okay? That's all I'm asking. Look up your state and local voting guidelines and hours and locations Make sure you know exactly what you need to make your your vote count. And also, you could also go to imavoter.com or Google things yourself. It's not hard to find information. Okay. Now that that's done. And it's not done. You know, it's never done. This is is a lifetime thing. Um, But, okay, moving on. Um, I am by myself this week talking about one of my all-time favorite movies. And I know I say that about a lot of movies, but you know what? I like a lot of movies and this is one of them. Hocus Pocus, another movie about witches. And, you know, I just want to put it out there. Another witch named Sarah spelled the same way. Coincidence? I don't believe in coincidences. (laughs) 
Please make sure you are following us on social media, TTTHpod on Twitter, Talk to the Hand Pod on Instagram, talktothehandpod.com, and talktothehandpod at gmail.com. That's how you can reach us. Um, also, a few more notes before we get into the topic. We are finishing up our Patreon levels and bonus materials for the different levels, so please stay tuned. We have some really exciting things coming your way. I'm also... I'm so excited just to announce that by the time this episode drops, we will finally have our weekly newsletter up and running. So please sign up at talktothehandpod.com. I'll be sending out weekly exclusive content every Friday on Flashback Friday with tons of more fun content and memories. And please also remember to follow us on Instagram. That's where we do a lot of other fun um, Flashback Friday stuff on Fridays as well. So I'm also getting a ton of requests uh, to be a guest on the show, and I can't keep them all any, all straight anymore. So uh, right now we're working on setting up a contact page. And if you're interested in talking 90s with me, um, we are putting a new application slash contact form. Um, so you can let me know what you want to talk about. I would love to get as many different experiences, memories, topics, etc. as I can on here. So if you think you have what it takes to talk with me for an hour, drop me a line. And last but not least at all, oh my gosh, you guys, dad hats are on their way. And this first run is a very limited run. So if you want one, be sure to get in touch with me ASAP and we will eventually be doing more merch. I am hoping in time for the holidays, but this is our first round. Don't miss it. Really cute dad hats. They are going to be available shipping out the first week of November. So let me know if you're interested. And of course, the supplies last because it is a very limited run. So, okay. So for this uh, episode, I used a few sources that I'm going to share with you. Um, a Screen Rant article, five times we felt bad for Danny and five times we hated her. <laughs> I don't like the word hate, but okay, we were annoyed maybe. 2020, that was from uh, this year. 20 spooky details you probably missed in Hocus Pocus, also from 2020 in insider.com. 20 surprising facts you never knew about Hocus Pocus, again, 2020 from people.com. And then last but not least, the Hocus Pocus drinking game from BuzzFeed, also from 2020. I'm getting a lot of 2020 here, and I think we are all stuck inside, all very much uh, feeling the nostalgia during this Halloween season, because you know what? This is the most magical Halloween that we've had in a really long time, and we are kind of stuck inside for it, which really, really sucks. <laughs> so um, yeah, I'm not surprised this is all 2020 stuff. Okay, so let's get into it. We're going to talk about the synopsis. We're going to talk about some of the memorable characters, the scenes, some quotes, some relevance uh, in witchcraft in the 90s, and we're going to be talking a little bit about um yeah, just, just wait and see. Yeah. So Hocus Pocus takes place in Salem, Massachusetts in 1993, 300 years after the Salem Witch Trials, which actually is historically inaccurate because um, in October of 1693, the Salem Witch Trials actually had been complete for six months at that time. But still, it's OK. It, it We will grant it some creative freedom here because it's so cute. So this takes place um, on Halloween night, like I said, 1993, 300 years later after Salem Woods Trials. And um, 
also technically not to be a buzzkill or anything, but uh, that day actually fell on a Sunday. So they wouldn't have been in school like they were in the movie. Fun fact for your next Zoom party. But um, the film was released in July 1993. It got mixed reviews and it wasn't a huge commercial success upon release. Um, Disney lost about $16.5 million in its theatrical run. And I was talking to Eric about it before this episode and his whole thing was like, well, why would you release it in July? But apparently they released it in July because they thought more kids would see it if they were out of school. And my response to that is, you know what? Halloween is a state of mind 365 days a year. Am I right? <laughs> Okay. Anyway, that is for me, but whatever. I digress. Um, it is now a huge cult classic and there's lots of lot nods to it. You can order unofficial merch and Sanderson inspired things and clothes. And my sister even sent me, um, three face masks of the three sisters. Uh, you can order anything. People dress up as the Sanderson sisters for Halloween. It is a thing. Most of it was shot here in L.A. and in Burbank, but the outside scenes were all actually in Salem. Um, the story is about Danny and Max Dennison, who have moved to L.A. from or moved to, to Salem from L.A. Max is immediately cast out um, because he admits that he doesn't believe in this hocus pocus and defiantly states in his class at school that Halloween was invented by the candy companies. And this to the kids in Salem was blasphemous. Um, he was probably junior or sophomore year in high school, but his teacher, you know, kind of gives him a little sass and says um, that he has this kind of laid back tie dyed California tude and the kids at school call him Hollywood. Um, he's a typical teenager, but he does love his little sister. He's a little more on the reckless side. He's a little too cool for things. You know, he's a teenage kid, like whatever, until he realizes he isn't. He's also a little smooth. You know, he tries to ask Allison out um, by sliding her a note with his number. And um, it was right after he, his classmates didn't, you know, had this disbelief that he didn't buy into the Halloween stuff. And so he writes his number on his, on a little piece of paper, slips it to Allison and says, if Jim, Jimi Hendrix doesn't come back tonight. Here's my number. So he's a little smooth, <laughs> but too bad. She gives it right back to him. I mean, for real though, come on, dude, like don't put a woman in that situation. That's just lame, but he redeems himself later. And clearly Allison's into him later. He's sensible. He can be a little punk when he wants to, but he'll get shit done when he needs to. And, um, if you remember his high school bullies were Jay and ice. If you remember ice had his name shaved on the back of his head. The, another funny thing, a funny thing about Jay and ice, uh, there is a book series and apparently in the sequel, Jay, the one with the blonde hair and the, you know, flannel and leather jacket, he actually was a parent, a dad of a kid in the sequel. So that's kind of funny. Um, so Danny is the younger sister, maybe 10 or 11. Uh, she's played by Thora Birch and she's kind of this cute pixie little sassy girl who just wants to go trick or treating with her big brother. She's wise beyond her years, very open minded and curious. She believed and accepted things like talking cats and resurrected witches, whereas Max thought they were, you know, just a bunch of hocus pocus. No, Danny was like, okay, no, this exists. This is, she accepted it. No, this is real, <laughs> which is really cool. You know, that's that childlike imagination, that childlike wonder that I think I connect to when I think of the nostalgia is just having those beliefs and just knowing that those are real. She's also very quick and witty. Um, so she, like there was one time where she tried to believe the, or make the witches believe she was one of them. She's also very sweet. She uh, loves her brother. 
So, so the story follows Max and Danny recently moved to Salem from California. They're very homesick for their old home in California and feel super isolated in Salem. Their parents, like, like every 90s movie, are blissfully unaware of their emotional state, which is just so funny to me. Like, that's, that's just a 90s trope is, you know the parents who don't really understand how unhappy their kids are. Um, but the parents, you know, blissfully unaware, the role of Max was actually offered to Leonardo DiCaprio after Leo auditioned for it. Um, he actually had to turn it down because he was starring in What's Eating Gilbert Grape. But Max is in, so the story takes place in the first uh, days of his class. He ends up falling super hard for this really smart, witty, cute classmate, Allison. Um, Allison, like all the rest of the kids in Salem is a major believer in the Sanderson sisters. The Sanderson sisters are a uh, urban legend, yet actually not really an urban legend. They're, it's it's a real thing, a real historical thing that's celebrated in the movie by the people of Salem. The Sanderson sisters are a group of three sister witches who were executed in 1693 after a young girl, Emily, and her older brother, Thackeray Banks, who I'll mention in a little bit, disappeared. In fact, it's revealed later that her mom, Allison's mom, actually was a curator and worked at the Sanderson House Museum in town. So we have Winifred Sanderson, Mary Sanderson, and Sarah Sanderson. Winifred, played by Bette Midler, Mary, played by Kathy Najimy, and Sarah Sanderson was played by Sarah Jessica Parker. So these three are just very famous in their roles. Um, Winifred, a.k.a. Winnie, is the lead of the three. She's the ruthless one, the smart one, the mastermind behind the evil doing. She's about planning and scheming, and she's witty and smart, but she's also a little bit of a hothead. She is very much the main um, head witch in charge. <laughs> I mean, we're just going to put that out there. Mary is the middle. She And she acts like it. She's very much got this like middle child syndrome. She helps Winnie. Um, she is her, her contribution is she can smell children. Um, she's also the one that ends up calming the two sisters when they freak out. Um, she's also the peacemaker between the other two. And then there's Sarah, who's the youngest, who her method of helping is using her sexiness to get favors and her voice to lure kids. Um, she's a little bit Lala, but actually, you know, watching it again as an adult, surprisingly, there are actually several points in the movie where Sarah is the one that pops because she like senses something is up, but her sisters hurry her along, suggesting that. And I think this suggests that she's actually smarter than they give her credit for. So I love that. So back to the story on Halloween night, Max and Danny go trick-or-treating and run into Allison at the neighborhood mansion. After chatting, Danny tells Allison that she learned about the Sanderson sisters at school. Allison, you know, her mom was a curator at the house museum and she, she excitedly mentions this. She goes, oh, the Sanderson sisters, I know about them because my mom worked there, but a lot of spooky things happened there, so they shut it down. And then, of course, Danny being the 10, 11-year-old girl wants to go check it out. And uh, Max is totally on board. He actually turns to Alice and he says, well, come on, make a believer out of me. Because, you know, it was just earlier that day in school that he was expressing that Halloween was just a ploy from the candy companies. So Allison, Allison decides to uh, 
all right, I'll take them to the Sanderson sister house. Okay. And then I just want to pause here and just mention a little bit about Allison for a second. She's the most sensible one out of the trio of the kids. She's practical. She's smart. She's witty. She also has a curious streak. And let me just put it out there. Girl has the best style, in my opinion, especially that first outfit with her cape. Oh, my goodness. Um, totally. Her her look is totally back in these days. I'm such a fan. Um, adult fans, actually, this is kind of cool. Adult fans have actually debated for years whether or not they think that her ability to understand the witches and like understand how to protect herself actually means that she was one herself. I mean, that would be really cool if she was. So Allison leads them to the Sanderson home. They peek around and Max discovers the black flame candle. Everyone knows the black, every 90s kid knows the black flame candle. Allison explains to him what it is. So basically the urban legend is that if a virgin lights the black flame candle on Halloween night, it will bring the sisters back from the dead. And fun fact, again, for your next Zoom party, this is the first Disney movie to mention virgins. <laughs> I remember not knowing what that was. And like subsequently, I had to ask my mom and dad what that was. And that was kind of shocking for the 90s. This is 1993, first movie that mentioned virgins. And it was on like, you know, Disney. It was on Freeform and Family. It was it was an actual Primetime thing. So interesting. I, I thought it was interesting. This is also the point where we meet Thackeray Banks. This is the talking black cat, um, which is normally known to be the witch's familiar. So 300 years prior, Thackeray was a teenage guy about the same age as Max. And he discovers that his younger sister, Emily, also the same age as Danny, were um, was lured into the woods by Sarah to be used for this youth spell. So they ended up draining Emily. And while he was trying to save Emily, the sisters find Thackeray Binks and curse him to live forever as a cat. So now back into 1983, we are in the house. Thackeray as the cat is is witnessing these three dumbass kids light the black flame candle jumps in to try to to warn them um but you know max being a little punk that he is lights it and surprise the three sanderson sisters come back from the dead and now it's up to max danny and allison and binks to break the curse of the sanderson sisters so the curse of the black flame candles only kept the sister will only keep the sisters alive until sunrise on November 1st. If they can successfully recreate their youth spell by using the life of the children of Salem, they will live forever. If not, they will turn to dust at sunrise. Honestly, like I always said, that would be a really cool way to go out. Just explode into like a poof of sparkly pink glitter. That would be, you know, that'd be pretty cool. Um, so... Can Max, Danny, Allison, and Binks stop the three sisters from sucking the life out of the little children of Salem? You'll have to watch to find out. <laughs> I'm not going to spoil that for you. But I wanted to go over a few memorable scenes from the movie. So I'm going to run through these um, one by one. So one of the first scenes I wanted to mention here was when Binks is run over by the bus. Do you, I, I'm sure you all remember just how deeply we felt that. And like, it was just just splash across Danny's face how upset she was. And then he comes back to life and he reassures us. He told us he can't die. That all that felt really good, right? Another scene that was very memorable, in my opinion, was when, when Danny asks Max to take her trick-or-treating and he says no and she screams to their mom. Um, if you can't hear it in your head right now, you obviously haven't seen this movie enough. <laughs> 
And I read an article that said anyone older than her in the audience hated that scream. That's another very memorable part. And I also wanted to point out here, there's another article I read that if next time you watch this movie, and I hope you watch it before Halloween, make note of all the fish decor. There's a bizarre amount of fish decor in the Denison house and in Max's room where she does the infamous scream. Okay. She'll put that out there. Okay. Another memorable scene that I I always trip out about is the parents town hall party. Okay. Can we talk about that for a second? First of all, now that I'm an adult and even though I don't have kids, I am very impressed by how lit the parents of Salem get at parties. And I honestly, honestly envy that party so much right now, especially after seven months of no, you know, get togethers and quarantines and that kind of party wouldn't happen in 2020 or probably even 2021 at the rate we're going. But I just wanted to mention that like that party was off the hook. Like watching that that party as an adult, as a kid, it didn't really strike me as anything weird, but as an adult, I'm like, Damn, all of those people got babysitters or, you know, they, the, the adults in Salem um, know how to party. And evidently also, um, kind of the other side of that coin, evidently the children in the town are pretty independent because later in the movie, when you see Sarah Sanderson luring them into the woods and their parents are still at the party dancing, they're all in their PJs, which means they came home from trick-or-treating and put themselves to bed. Okay, just just wanted to throw that that reality out there. Um, at the party, we feel really bad and really frustrated because no one believes Danny that the witches were back. In fact, her mom even like leans down to her and she goes, how much candy have you had, hon? And I feel like there was a collective like, no, it's real. Listen, it was so cathartic. It was so frustrating. And we all felt that, right? That was such a good part of that scene. And this is the scene, the very, very, very famous scene where the Sanderson sisters sing I Put a Spell on You with their spooky backup band. Now, that looked like a party. And if you have never seen this movie, and even if you don't care to, please, I beg you, just watch that scene. It is so much fun. That rendition of the song is so much fun. Um, also, I wanted to point out about the parties. Uh, these costumes were like the best costumes ever. I mean... Like the mom was dressed up as Madonna and the that was perfect. The dad was a dead Kila or Dracula. He looked perfect. I mean, the costumes were so legit. It was, this party was insane. Okay, this is the party I want to go to. Uh, I have to go to some kind of party like this. Like that just has to be a thing. It's just, it just looked like too much fun. Um, but then again, you know, this is Salem. And Salem is, uh, we were actually supposed to get married in Salem a couple weeks ago. Uh, we planned to get married in Salem and because of COVID had to postpone that for 2021. So our wedding will be in 2021, but I'm not surprised because Salem goes all out for Halloween. Not surprised at all. Another scene I wanted to mention, a memorable scene was Billy Butcherson, uh, when we meet him in the cemetery. So this is the scene where the three kids and Binks are headed to the cemetery um, because it is hollowed ground and witches can't step foot there. They are in the cemetery. The witches catch up with them thinking that their undead ex-lover who's buried there. OK, let me repeat that. Sarah and Winifred both had relations with this man, Billy. He's buried in the cemetery thinking that he will be on their side. They raise him from the dead to attack the kids. They realized very quickly that he was jilted by both of them. 
And so he takes the kid's side. We learn later. Yeah, it's, you know, Billy, the Billy Butcherson was was kind of clutch. He was one of the ones that really helped them uh, succeed in breaking the curse of the Sanderson sisters. And we learned that his loyalty is to the kids. And that's pretty freaking cool. The one thing I want to mention about the scene um, actually, it's it's later on in the movie, but about Billy Butcher, Butcherson is that do you remember when he cuts the stitches over his mouth to speak and the moths fly out? Well, according to an interview with the special effects makeup artists, those were actual real moths that were inside the actor Doug Jones. He kept this like pocket with actual moths in his mouth. And then that. Yeah, those were real moths that flew out of his mouth. That is true character acting. And we all remember loving Billy when he decides to protect Danny. Another memorable scene when they tell the cop um, outside the um, bar or liquor store, wherever it was, about the candle. And then he kind of fucks with them. He's dressed up as a cop for Halloween, but they don't know that. His badge actually says Salem Witch Badge instead of like a cop's badge. And then he like gives Max shit for being a virgin, which is super lame. And when they confess to him that he lit the candle. And this to me was just like kind of, I mean today looks like commentary of toxic masculinity, but you know, whatever, we're not going to go too deep into that. Um, the woman comes out and she goes, what's so funny, Eddie? And then hops on the back of the, um, motorcycle and he laughs and says, oh, some kids thought I was a real cop. And I just remember getting so frustrated by that, by that scene. Another memorable scene, uh, there's a scene with Satan, their master. So when, um, Mary, they were on the bus looking for kids. Mary stopped the bus because she could smell the children. And then when they got off the bus, they realized they couldn't find any kids, even though they could smell them because the kids were all in costumes. So right then when they're trying to figure out what to do, a man in a devil costume and a very elaborate front house decor setup comes out. They think he is their actual master and he invites them in. And so in they go. It's quite a funny scene. Sarah flirts with them when he snoops through the quote unquote torture chamber, which is the kitchen. And Mary sits on the couch astounded by the TV and the man's wife. This was actually the man and his wife were played by Gary and Penny Marshall. <laughs> Other notable details. The fountain outside the school is the same one that was used in uh, to film the intro for Friends. I know that um, information has been floating around the Internet for a few years. Hocus Pocus also shares a house with um, American Beauty and the song Come Little Children, which is the famous song that Sarah Sanderson sings to lure the children to the cottage, um, was actually written by the same guy who wrote My Heart Will Go On for Titanic. So I thought that was really interesting. A few memorable quotes. Oh, look, another glorious morning makes me sick. Uh, <laughs> that was Winifred. I'm beautiful. Boys will love me with Sarah Sanderson. Danny says, it's a full moon tonight. That's when all the weirdos are out. <laughs> Um, another one, hang him on a hook and let me play with him was Sarah Sanderson. Goodbye, cruel world was, uh, that was Winnie come we fly. And then the very famous book chanting, and you can remember it in your head. I would do it. I would sound so stupid if I tried to do it, but okay. Those were like some of the most memorable, uh, lines that you see on t-shirts and coffee mugs and 
tote bags and yes, especially, um, oh, look, another glorious morning makes me sick. So fun. So the movie, when it came out in 1993, it wasn't very well received. Um, on Rotten Tomatoes, it has an approval rating of 37%. Roger Ebert in the Chicago Sun-Times gave it one out of four stars, saying that it was a quote, confusing cauldron in which there is great activity, but little progress and a lot of hysterical shrieking. And to me, there's a lot of problematic language here, but um, okay, moving on. The film was released the same day as Free Willy. And so it didn't do very well in the box office. And like I said earlier, it was released in July to take advantage of kids being home from school uh, for the summer. And then the legacy of the movie. Bette Midler in 2008 said it was her favorite role she's ever done and one of her favorite films of all time. And um, in 2015, she did a divine intervention tour um, and dressed up as Winnie to perform I Put a Spell on You to the audience, which is so cute. Sarah Jessica Parker, when she was um, interviewed about it, so she doesn't remember much of the filming of the movie or actually the movie itself. She does remember that you know, she played this kind of ditzy character, um, but she remembers that she loved flying. And she's even said that when she was up in the rig, she would read the New York Times while like suspended as if she was flying while people took their breaks. The other interesting thing about Sarah Jessica Parker is she is distantly related to an actual um, accused witch, Esther Ewell, um, who was accused of the Salem witch trials and didn't actually end up going to trial, but she is a descendant, a direct descendant of this um, accused witch. So there's also a lot of talk of a sequel. In October 2019, Disney announced plans for the sequel, official plans on Disney+, and it's currently still in development. Bette Midler herself has confirmed that the original cast is back, which is very, very exciting. Not sure when there... I couldn't find any dates or anything about that um, to corroborate when that will come out, but um, it is in the works, 90s kids. So get excited about that because I know I am. It's going to be huge. I mean, I'm at least just for 90s kids. It might not be actually huge, but for the people that follow it, it's going to be it's going to be great. So the other thing, another cool legacy is there's a um, secret menu at Starbucks. You can order uh, Sanderson sister drinks. And of course, as you guessed it, they're red and pink for Mary, purple for Sarah and green for Winifred. So you have to ask for the Winifred's Mary or Sarah Sanderson drinks and you will get them at Starbucks. I also... I wanted to kind of include how it's just kind of become such a big part of the cultural zeitgeist. It's actually Hocus Pocus is very front and center in a lot of memes. And it, just from a cultural standpoint, that's really interesting. There's a meme that I, I have seen floating around the Internet um, right now about <laughs> about be, your third, your, you know, being a child, 20s and 30s and watching this. So this is particularly relevant to us 90s kids. As a child, I wanted to be Sarah. And then the reasons why the look, boys will love me, and boobs. In my 20s, I wanted to be Winifred, the head bitch in charge, shade queen, hates children. In my 30s, I realize I'm Mary, motivated by food, binge watches TV, and screaming always. <laughs> I will put this in our Instagram. It's pretty funny. It's pretty cute. There's also a really popular one I've seen multiple times where someone put Steven Tyler from Aerosmith um, and photoshopped them into all the photos with the three sisters and he fits kind of perfectly, which is hilarious too. So I'll go ahead and link that as well. Oh, so it's such a great movie. 
I have a very strong attachment. I have a very strong attachment to this movie. I know we all do for some reason, whether it's nostalgia or whether you love Halloween or whether you love witches or if you're a witch or a pagan or a magic practitioner yourself in any form. There's just something really comforting about this movie. It was very innocent without being too innocent. It was harmless while still towing the line of could cause nightmares. I mean, I don't know about you, but Billy Butcherson was kind of scary. I mean, (laughs) could cause nightmares. It also didn't talk down to us as kids. A lot of other kids' movies felt really pandering. Um, This one has so much heart behind it, and it felt really authentic, which is why I think now, as adults, we love it so hard. It didn't pander then, and it's also so watchable. And there's a lot of adult humor in it. And it connects us to our nostalgic past. And right now, like I've said many times before, we all kind of need that right now. So I always thought it, you know, this movie is what got me interested in witchcraft. Um, I loved the spookiness. As I've said before, Halloween has always been my favorite um, holiday. I just loved how spooky they were. I loved how different they were. I loved how powerful they were. I always thought it was cool to be just such a powerful, different person that stands out from the crowd. That was always just something I really thought was cool about um, witches and witchcraft. The occult, and this was just such a big part of it, the spells, the potions, the oils, the black cat familiar, the brooms, all of those were tropes, but they were all done in a very um, a pretty endearingly cute and still mostly accurate way. Um, I, d- I will say, you know, the flying thing isn't actually technical. When witches refer to flying, they're referring to dreaming and like third eye stuff, <laughs> not actually flying, not flying on brooms or uh, mops or uh, vacuums. That's a movie. <laughs> um, the fact that this movie came out 300 years after the Salem Witch Trials is significant as three is a very sacred number in witchcraft. And like I've said before, I will do a whole episode on witchcraft in the 90s because there was a resurgence of witchcraft in the 90s, or at least the Disney version of it. Um, It was definitely coming into the zeitgeist with shows like Sabrina the Teenage Witch, uh, Charmed, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and movies like The Craft. This movie definitely fits into that resurgence. And like I said, it's no coincidence that it was 300 years later. Another thing about the movie and witchcraft, their book of spells, the Sanderson sisters call call their book Excruciating Punishments. In reality, this is not the type of magic that is usually condoned by the witch, pagan, and earth magic communities. Um, And the book of spells is called The Manual of Witchcraft and Alchemy. That's what their book is called. So, you know, when she refers to book and calls book, the name of the book, the technical name in the movie that we see in one of the shots is Manual of Witchcraft and Alchemy. Um, in, in general, real life witchcraft, this is called the Grimoire or Book of Shadows. And Salem, Massachusetts is a very, very much a witch city. Um, it firmly embraces its history in real life. And um, like I said, we we're supposed to get married there, but we had to postpone to COVID because of COVID. The Sanderson house in the movie is turned into a witch museum. And actually, in reality, there are lots of museums and a lot of preserved, um, historically preserved architecture and buildings that um, keep that authentic and unique sense of place in Salem. So it really is a Halloween town. It is a Halloween witch magic haven. Um, so yeah, it's it fully embraces this witchy history. So that the movie definitely got that right. And I thought that was really authentic and cool. So that's Hocus Pocus. But before we, you know, wrap this topic up, because we are grown-ass adults in the middle of quarantine for my special segment. 
I am going to give you the rundown on the drinking game that was introduced by BuzzFeed a few weeks ago. I toned it down because they were their game was really set up so that you would probably die. So please be responsible. I, I toned it down and readapted it for my own my own method, but drink responsibly. And please do not drive or fly your broom after you've done this drinking game. <laughs> Um, okay. Are you ready? Get a pen and paper. I'll also include this in the show notes, of course, but all right. So here's the Hocus Pocus official Hocus Pocus, Sarah's official Hocus Pocus drinking game. Take a sip when a magic spell is cast. Every time you hear the word children, virgin, sister, or sister, whenever the Sanderson sisters can't recognize a modern invention, Every time there is a subtle adult joke on screen. Again, this is take a sip. Anytime someone calls Max Hollywood. When Sarah Sanderson is acting flirty. When Max says it's just a bunch of hocus pocus. When one of the Sanderson sisters inhales or smells something. Or whenever you hear the word Emily. Okay, take a gulp. When Max lights the black flame candle. When he calls for her book. Billy Butcherson loses a limb. Anytime Binks theoretically dies, when the word yabos are mentioned, <laughs> or when a salt circle is created. And then last but not least, finish your drink. When Sarah Sanderson says amok, 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 and take a full on shot or finish your drink. <laughs> when I put a spell on you comes on. That's it. That's the one. I'll put this in the show notes, but you know, we're home. We're not going anywhere on, on Halloween. At least we shouldn't be. So why not? Let's try it. So that is Hocus Pocus, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Next week, like I said, is one of the most important weeks of our lives as 90s kids. Please vote. If you haven't already, please come up with your voting plan now. Google it. Go to imavoter.com. Check your state and local election information. This is so critical and I cannot stress this enough. Also, please follow us on social media. TTTHpod on Twitter. Talk to the Hand Pod on Instagram. Our website is talktothehandpod.com. And by the time we go live, the guest request form will be also live. So check it out if you're interested. Like I said, I would love to have as many different kinds of stories, experiences, topics. I would love a wide variety because I am just one experience, one, one person from the nineties. There were so many of us. So let's, let's hear them. Let's hear them all. Also, let me know what you think of Hocus Pocus. Have you ever dressed up as the Sanderson sisters? Do you watch it in the nineties? Do you watch it now? Is it a, is it part of your Halloween season? Um, let me know. Keep me posted. And please until next week, have a very set, happy and safe Halloween, Samhain, Dia de los Muertos, whatever you celebrate. And please, like I said, make sure you vote, lean on each other, support each other, love each other. Next week, I have a very great topic coming your way. So please stay tuned for that. And until then, be excellent to each other. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next week. Happy Halloween.